0: Welcome to the Wealth Building Podcast. This is episode 393. Today is December 11th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today I'm gonna to delve into some numbers. I know numbers are boring. People's eyes roll back in their head. They don't wanna hear about them. But let me tell you the hard truth about building your wealth. You need to pay attention to things that are boring. Most times you'll hear me disregard what people say when they get gripped by fear or greed and they come to me and they say, but John, but John, what about this? But John, but John, what about that? Well, this and that generally don't matter because what people are either excited about or worried about is usually some type of a media-driven hysteria that at best is designed to entertain you and at worst is designed to manipulate and propagandize you. You seldom hear the media or anybody else talking about raw bottom line numbers because they're boring. And if you talk about them, you won't get an audience. And if you don't get an audience, you can't charge confiscatory advertising fees. And so that's why so much of what you hear is nonsense and you should totally ignore it. But what you shouldn't ignore is about what I'm about to tell you. And I know it's boring, so I'm going to try and keep it as simplistic as I can without diluting the message. What I want to talk about today is why I'm worried about the stock market going down in 2023. It's why I haven't been worried about it going down at all this year. But I am concerned about a market pullback in 2023, likely in early 2023. And it all comes down to corporate earnings, interest rates, and valuations real quickly on each one of these corporate profits are going down for next year we're starting to see the revisions if you go back about eight months ago and certainly through various times over these last six to twelve months you'll see that corporate earnings forecasts going forward meaning for the year 2023 because you know eight months ago we were only in the beginning or the relative beginning of 2022 so Looking at forward earnings for 2023, corporate estimates were in the range of anywhere from, say, 230 to, in some cases, higher than 250. Now, that's a relative term. There's all types of forward corporate earnings outlooks. There's operating earnings. There's reported earnings. There's gap earnings. There's non-gap earnings. We're not going to get into any of that, just for simplicity, just to keep it simple. Bottom line, though, depending upon what analyst you were listening to, the general consensus was that for 2023, corporate earnings of the S&P 500 as an aggregate would be somewhere in the 230 to 250 range. Well, over the last three or four months, we've seen those earnings estimates start to come down, and they're still too high. But as of just this past week, we're seeing some major cuts to earnings estimates for 2023. And just as an example, J.P. Morgan Chase came out last week, and they're again lowering their projections for 2023. And they're not only saying that we're going to be flat for next year in terms of earnings, but they're talking about earnings coming in at about 205, which is not only significantly less from that range of 230 to 250, But it's also not only flat, it's down about 5%. So going into next year, we're talking about corporate earnings, not only not being as high as people had thought they would be, but lower growth to the tune of about at least 5%. Now, let's assume that inflation starts to come under control and we only have 3% inflation next year. But if we have 3% inflation, on top of a 5% decrease in corporate earnings, then your real rate of return will be negative 8%. Now you've seen how volatile the stock market has been this year and how much it's pulled back from its highs in January. And all this volatility and this pullback in the stock market has occurred when nominal gains in the S&P 500 earnings were probably about 3%. And factoring in inflation, Real rates, probably negative five. So roughly this year, real corporate earnings down by about 5%. And based on what I just said, looking at a moderate to maybe even a good outlook for next year, we're looking at corporate earnings being down by at least another 8%. And I don't think that realization has set in for most investors. They're focused on what they're being told in the headlines, which is that inflation has peaked and the Federal Reserve will eventually or soon pivot or pause in raising interest rates. Well, about eight months ago, I was telling you that inflation had already peaked. We knew that because look at things like copper prices. They peaked back in March. I've never been worried about inflation. And I've always said that, yes, the Federal Reserve will pause or pivot because these are just policy decisions. They can change overnight. And the specific reason they change their policy is because markets adjust and people adapt. Now, eight months ago when I was saying those things, and even just five or six months ago when I was saying those things, I remained overall optimistic because economic conditions weren't deteriorating. And based on projections and where I thought policy would be for the Federal Reserve, I thought they would take things just high enough to cool off the excesses and the hangovers from the pandemic spending and the pandemic stimulus. But the Federal Reserve has already taken interest rates too high, and they're still talking about taking them higher. So where I thought they would have paused or pivoted at some time in September, at least by November, we're now looking at that not likely to occur until sometime early next year just for the pause and maybe, not cutting back on rates at all in 2023. If that's the case, and if they hold their Federal Reserve fund rates somewhere at or above 5%, then that adds further problems to the deterioration in corporate profits. And that takes us to this next very boring topic that's a number that no one wants to talk about. And it's not only the interest rate, but it's the comparable interest rate. And so while people are generally concerned about interest rates when they affect their credit card payments, or their mortgage or their car payment, what they fail to focus and think about is interest rates impact as a relative term to the valuation in the stock market. It's critically important that you understand that stock prices are not only ultimately over the long term derived from corporate profits, but they're also derived from opportunity costs. And what that means is that When you look at buying equities or investing in the stock market, you're not only comparing that as to buying assets today that you think are going to appreciate in the future, but you want them to appreciate in the future relative to something, and that something is the risk-free earnings you can achieve being invested in U.S. treasuries. And U.S. treasuries are ultimately linked to the Federal Reserve fund rates especially at the short end or the low duration of the curve, meaning note durations of less than three years. And so if the Federal Reserve takes their terminal rate to just call it 5%, and if short duration government treasuries go to that level, then the comparative earnings rate of a 5% U.S. Treasury, which is considered risk-free, would be the reciprocal of 5%. So you take one and you divide that by .05, and you come up with a valuation or a price-to-earnings ratio of 20. That means that for every dollar that you're earning in interest on that short-term treasury, you're having to put up $20. So for example, investing $20 at 5%, you earn $1. So it has a multiple or a valuation of 20 times. Now let's go back to what we talked about with corporate earnings. If corporate earnings for 2023 come in at an aggregate of 205, and you look at the fact that right now the S&P 500 is trading at about 39.35. So we take 39.35 and we divide that by the aggregate expected earnings, which let's say they're 205, that gives you a price-to-earnings ratio of a little bit more than 19. Now, based on the last 10 years or so, and certainly the last five or six, a price-per-earnings ratio of 19 on the S&P 500 hasn't been unreasonable. You've heard me talk about that and justify it many, many times over these past few years. But the reason that it was justifiable was because government treasuries – we're paying interest rates at or below 3% in some cases especially on the short end near 0 but let's just use that number 3 if a treasury is paying 3% then the valuation on it is over 33 and so from a comparative level from an opportunity cost level it makes ample sense to invest in the S&P 500 at a valuation of about 19 or 20 or even 21 times earnings than it would where you're having to pay over 33 times earnings. And again, when interest rates were basically near zero, that valuation was like infinity. So higher price per earnings ratio on the S&P 500 made sense. But now, if you can get shorter term government treasuries anywhere near 5%, then that comparative advantage of the S&P 500 earnings at 19 goes away. And you're saying, well, hey, I can't run out and get that high of an interest rate, but you can't. But you know what? The big money can. And that's the point of the Fed's fund rates being set so high. They're not interested in your little mom and pop investments. They're interested in the big global money. And if the big global money can sit on the sidelines, so to speak, and simply be invested in government or corporate debt that's near risk-free, then that's less money that's going to go into the stock market. And so that depresses stock market prices, which further impacts corporate balance sheets and individuals' wealth factors, which then again decreases the outlook for equity prices. So it's a downward spiral, and it generally doesn't get fixed until the Federal Reserve drastically cuts interest rates. Now, that's just a policy decision, and they could change their mind tomorrow. We don't know when that actual pivot will come, but for now, I don't think it's happening in the next, say, three to four months at a minimum. And so with declining corporate profits and rising in the risk-free interest rate, then I think that as we go into 2023 and likely sometime early in 2023, probably towards the back end of the first quarter, I think the realization will set in that the valuations and stock prices are too high at current levels and we'll see a pullback that will probably test what we saw in October. And if the market gets really spooked, there's absolutely no reason we couldn't see the S&P 500 drop down to at least the pre-COVID high, which is right around 3,300. And if you think that's crazy talk, think about everything else that's already gotten back to the pre-covid highs. But I don't think it's out of the question that the S&P 500 could get down to around 3300 if not 3000 sometime first quarter or maybe even April May of 2023. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in the next 3 or 4 months. I'd say that based on the global economic situation and where things could deteriorate from a geopolitical standpoint in these next you know, three or four or five months, then I think that the odds are better than 50 percent that that could occur. The other thing to keep in mind is that this isn't a time to go out and lose your mind and worry about the coming economic collapse and all the zombie apocalypse nonsense that you always hear. If we do see a major pullback in the market, then that will represent a buying opportunity because ultimately, fundamentally, corporate profits are sound, right? They're going to be declining, but that's because of the overhead and the excess that we still have to work through from the pandemic, from all the stimulus, from all the monetary and fiscal policies that were out of whack. But remember, markets adjust and people adapt. The very things that are driving corporate profits lower will also drive corporations to become more productive and more efficient and likely much more profitable in 2024, which, non coincidentally, is also a presidential reelection year. Ha, but I digress. Hey, as always, until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.